Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hey, this is Hunter from Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Skylar from Coaster Kids and Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Jacopo. I'm the Thrills United Coaster representative from Rome, Italy, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey guys, it's Logan from Thrills United, and this is Thrills United Month on the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Thrills United Month here on the Coaster Challenge Podcast, and I'm David Cantu. And I'm Iva Shifley. And today we are here because we have got, like, we've been really celebrating one heck of a month for Thrills United. For those that are just joining us, you know, we're here to celebrate a great organization that aligns very well with our mission here at the Coaster Challenge Podcast, and that is helping people be able to break their fears, be able to break their anxieties. But also, the one thing about we all do, and Thrills United is also really good at doing, is also building friendships and community and just bringing people together. Yes, it's all about being one large community and supporting each other, no matter what you're facing, whether it be a disability or facing your fears on any of your rides. It's all about supporting one another. Exactly. Today, we've got very, very special guests. We've actually got the founder who started Thrills United. We've got the one and only Logan Joyner joining us here today. And he's actually here in the studio with me and Iva. So we're very honored to have Logan here today. Right now, before we get to that, we are going to talk about Thrills United here because how did it all start? It well, it's all because Logan started another organization that was that has really grown worldwide, and that was Coaster Kids. When Logan started Coaster Kids, it has become a world sensation with kids from all over the place, not just kids, people in general of all ages have just grown to Logan's message of being brave and right on. We are going to share with all of you how did this all started and it all started with coaster kids basically we're going to share with you all right here today we're going to share you logan's story about how coaster kids begun so take a listen If you go to an amusement park anywhere in the country, you're likely to see some coaster kids. Young people who love roller coasters and challenging each other to confront and overcome their fears and ride some of the tallest and fastest roller coasters in the world. The person behind the coaster kids phenomenon, Logan Joyner, an 11-year-old from Cincinnati, Ohio. Logan goes to theme parks, rides roller coasters, and rates them on the Logan Scream scale of zero to five screams. In the last year, Logan is ridden the 10 tallest coasters in North America, sharing every experience with his YouTube audience. His Coaster Kids YouTube channel has taken off with thousands of subscribers and millions of views. According to YouTube, kids in 181 different countries are watching Coaster Kids videos. And Logan has a passionate following of young coaster enthusiasts who come out to meet him when he visits their local theme park. But most of Logan's viewers and fans have no idea about the remarkable story behind Coaster Kids. They don't know that there was a time when no one would have imagined that Logan Logan would ever ride a roller coaster, let alone hosting a YouTube channel. Logan was born a healthy 10 pounds, 10 ounces, and started growing and developing the same as his sisters did. Logan played hard and he slept hard, but he didn't start talking 
by his first birthday the way his sisters did. He still wasn't talking by his second birthday, but he was an active kid and was fascinated by anything on video, watching and imitating whatever he saw for hours, doing the same things over and over. Over time, the repetitive behavior increased and turned into a compulsive need for him to do the same things a certain way every time. When Logan was three years old, he still couldn't talk and he grew increasingly frustrated and overwhelmed by everything around him. He would scream and cry for hours every day, clearly upset but unable to communicate. He started to cover his ears and scream when he was upset. Then he started repeatedly hitting himself in the face. That's when his parents realized this wasn't just the terrible threes or a fussy child. Something was wrong with their boy. They had Logan evaluated by a team of special educators at their local school district and received the diagnosis that an increasing number of parents are receiving. Logan was on the autism spectrum. Coming home from that meeting was hard. No parent wants to hear that their child has autism, but on the other hand, it explains so much about his behavior. So we talked about it, we prayed about it, and we decided to be positive. I mean, what were they really telling us? They were telling us that Logan was special. Well, we already knew Logan was special. So we found out that our school district had a special needs preschool program and that they could get Logan in right away. I remember at the first meeting, they had this amazing plan for Logan. They were gonna teach him how to read, they were gonna teach him how to write, how to cut and hold scissors correctly. And I just remember feeling at that time, I just wanna hear Logan talk. I just want to hear him say, I love you, mom, for the first time. And he did great in that program. He did learn how to read. He did learn how to write. And in just a few months, he started to talk. And now he wouldn't just look at a person and talk to them. No way would he do that. He started talking by looking at pictures. He would see a picture of an apple and say apple. And so he would look down at these pictures and talk. And soon he would look at a, a picture of our family. He had never called me mom and he had never called my husband dad, but he would look at a picture of our family and he would would look down and say mom dad amanda natalie and after a few months of that he didn't need the picture anymore he started talking right to us so logan was in that preschool program for a year and a half and he did so well he developed so much by the time he was five he was ready to start kindergarten logan was doing great he loved going to nearby king's island amusement park but never left the planet snoopy kids area because while he was communicating better he still suffered from many of the typical symptoms of autism spectrum disorder Order, like fear of loud noises, heights, strangers, crowds, unexpected situations, and fast-moving things. That's why Logan's family was shocked when he developed a fascination with, of all things, roller coasters. He would watch roller coaster videos for hours on YouTube. He especially liked the point of view or POV videos that put the viewer right in the front seat. Something about the precision of coasters appealed to Logan's detailed nature. Roller coasters go the same speed every time. They always turn in the same direction. There are no surprises on a roller coaster. Unlike the rest of the world around him, roller coasters were predictable. Logan became a student of roller coasters. By age seven, he could tell you the name of most of the roller coasters in the world, how tall they are, how fast they go, and the angle of their steepest hill. When asked if he wanted to ride a coaster, no, he'd shout, they're too high, they're too fast, are you crazy? But after two years of watching, Logan shocked everyone when one June day when he was nine, he announced, I'm ready to be brave. Logan wanted to ride a roller coaster. His first ride was Planet Snoopy's Flying Ace Aerial Chase. He loved the ride, but even more, he was so 
proud of himself. He immediately wanted to ride bigger and faster coasters. At each one, he wanted his picture taken in front of the sign as proof that he had conquered it. That summer, Logan rode every ride at Kings Island. Not only was he having the time of his life, but his parents and teachers noticed he was becoming much less sensitive to loud noises. He was less anxious and more confident. The coasters were helping him, and they decided to go to more theme parks. Their first trip was Knott's Berry Farm in California. It was here that Logan decided he wanted to start a YouTube channel about his roller coaster adventures. Coaster Kids with a K and a K. Unfortunately, even though he was brave enough to ride coasters, he was still way too shy to be on camera doing all the talking by himself. His sister Natalie came to the rescue, and together they started making videos from other parks. From the very beginning, Logan was always much more into roller coasters than I ever was. He was always a roller coaster guy, and I was just helping him out. But I could really see how much I was helping him, and together, put together, we helped a lot of other people be really brave and face their fears. We ended all our videos with the phrase, be brave and ride on. What we didn't expect was the huge response. We got comments and emails and video clips from kids all over the world. When Logan saw the difference he was making with his videos, his confidence completely skyrocketed. And then one day, he decided he wanted to take on this channel on his own, and I was completely okay with that. <laughs> when I see how far Logan has come and how far he's grown, it completely blows me away. He's becoming into such a nice and a genuine and a confident person and I could not be more proud. Last year, inspired by the Ice Bucket Challenge, Logan announced the Be Brave Challenge, asking people to record themselves overcoming fear and doing something they're afraid to do. And the videos came pouring in. Logan's passion to help people be brave is also helping him overcome the number one fear most people have, public speaking, as he's been asked to share his story with groups of kids. Do you know what autism is? Yeah, I do. So I'm on the autism spectrum, and some people like me are just not a big fan of loud noises, surprises, crowds, strangers, heights, and we just don't really like that stuff. But we are really good at keeping track of numbers, details, doing things in order, following the rules, and some people think it's a disability, but personally, I think that's how God made me. I think it's a strength. And autism kind of sounds like awesomeism, if you ask me. It's now spring, and Logan is launching another season of theme park adventures. With each one, he grows more confident. Making videos is helping him get better and better at articulating his ideas. And meeting his fans at theme parks is forcing him to develop social skills. And other people are starting to notice Logan and his amazing journey. So what if somebody wants to support what you're doing? What should they do? Well, one of the things is you can buy one of our t-shirts that affords us trips to go to theme parks. You can also subscribe to this channel, view my videos, or you can share this with whoever you know who's going through something hard so they can just know that anything is possible. And of course, be brave and ride on. If you love living life to the fullest, then our episode for today is for you. The 16-year-old lives a very active life, traveling the world, riding coasters alongside his friends, and currently works as a ride operator at Kings Island. Encouraging others to unite in friendship and against bullying, he and his family began Thrills United after years of success 
of Coaster's Kids. Please help me in welcoming to the Coaster Challenge podcast, Logan Joyner. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for being here today, Logan. Oh, no problem. Thank you for inviting me on here. This is really cool. Well, it's a real honor to have you, sir. And what you have done in your life with Coaster Kids and now Thrills United is just truly amazing. So we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And we're very honored to celebrate Thrills United Month for you guys on here. Oh, yeah. Thank you for those words. That that meant a lot. So, Logan, for our listeners who don't know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Logan Joyner. I'm 16 years old. I originally started off my quote-unquote fame as Coaster Kids on YouTube. It has about 30,000 subscribers right now. Pretty much the short message on that channel is I ride roller coasters and help other people overcome their fears. And now I have recently started a new channel, Thrills United. Well, it wasn't that recent. It was like two years ago. But that one focuses like not on just roller coasters, but also some of my other interests like action sports like bungee jumping, cliff jumping, anything fun that I like doing, ice skating golf and stuff like that all right you you definitely do live a very busy life i always see posts of you and your dad and your family doing a bunch of fun stuff whether it's riding coasters or Mm. i know you do disc frisbee yeah that stuff's very fun as well all right so logan for today we're going to ask some series of questions for you we're going to break it down a little bit between some coaster questions and just a little bit of fun questions it could be about you working at the theme park or about your family sound good oh yeah sounds good all right let's start this question off with what was your first coaster so my first like actual coaster was great pumpkin coaster at king's island which was little bill at the time and that didn't really do anything for me i kind of just wrote it but the coaster that actually got me into roller coasters that everyone knows of was flying ace aerial chase at king's island and that really helped me that was like the big coaster that i overcome and ever since then i was completely fine overcoming any other big coasters since then yeah i've ridden flying ace aerial chase at king's island with our youngest daughter and i've also ridden the twin to it at carowinds kitty hawk which i definitely prefer flying ace compared to kitty hawk because it is so rough oh yeah me too that thing's brutal yeah david can can contest that is like his least favorite coaster of all time he gets the most mention on this podcast as my most least favorite coaster that coaster gave me a headache i just i had to get aspirin from medic and i had to step aside for two hours and let it subside and uh yeah i'll never go on kitty hawk ever again (laughs) i hate how hard those restraints are like I don't know how that's a kid's coaster. And you know, so funny, I didn't have that problem with flying ace aerial chase when I was at King's Isle. Um, the restraints are so different and I had more fun on that ride. So yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't a great pumping coaster that I chose. Cause like at the time I was scared of literally everything, but I guess it was cause I already rode that coaster in the previous year and that still like made me a little uneasy. So I guess flying ace just like seemed like the big coaster at the time. Like, I don't know just at the time it seemed appropriate to do well it is pretty big in size for a kid's coaster if you think about it yeah probably like 30 feet or something it's fairly big now with the flying ace aerial chase being your first coaster you've written a a ton how many have you rode logan can i ask what's your coaster count do you know it's not exact but it's around like 546 as of what i remember wow yeah it's surprising to even say it It doesn't make sense yeah i have some catching up to do you definitely to you because yeah i'm nowhere near that (laughs) what are you at right now i am sitting at two 239. Oh, geez, but still 200s were really good as well. Yeah, my 200th coaster was the uh, 
currently down coaster at Great Adventure, which is El Toro. Mm, that's nice. My 200th was Outlaw Run, but still El Toro seems like a way better one. Well, I got to make West Coast Racers my 200 coaster last year, right before the park closed for the pandemic. So right now I'm at... 220 and i'm hoping to make a change this fall when i get out to florida i we haven't written velocicoaster yet i believe you have logan oh yeah i have that one's that one's in my top 10 right now it's like my number six that thing's insane okay you're the fifth big coaster enthusiast that has says it's in your top 10 so that so let me ask you something because people are trying to compare this thing Sorry to be a little off subject. They're trying to compare this thing with Steel Vengeance over at Cedar Point. Now, Steel Vengeance is my number one because of what the coasters I've written. But you can't compare an RMC to uh, to Velocicoaster. In my no, opinion. not at all. Like, I hear a ton of people making comparisons of that thing to Maverick, which actually makes sense. Because, you know, like, 70 mile an hour launch, crazy inversions, crazy transitions. Like, that actually makes sense. But compared to Steel Vengeance, uh, no, those are two completely different worlds. So my, yeah, that's the biggest change is, will Velocicoaster be my number one? Or is it going to be? Because a lot of people said it made it their number one. And I was like, well, I still love Stevie. You know, mm-hmm. I go, Stevie's still my number one. But like I said... Iron Gwazi eventually will open at Bush Gardens. So I try to compare with the other RMCs. Yeah, that one looks like it might be mine. I don't know if that one looks better than Steve right now. But right now, Steve is my number five. I don't know. It might be it. Yeah, well, obviously, Velocicoaster is a favorite to a lot of enthusiasts and also the general public because it just hit its one millionth rider dang that's pretty quick like orion orion just had its first rider like their one millionth rider like just a week ago which i don't know why that came to mind but still like that one took two years velocicoaster only took like three months that's crazy you can tell people love it yeah because what velocicoaster opened i know for season passes what back in may i think and then i know it opened to the actual public june 10th yeah yeah i i'm looking forward to writing it and seeing what all the hype is about i'm sure i'm gonna love it I've heard a few people say it was overrated, but that's probably just because they had their expectations like way too high. And like for me, my expectations were like fairly low because like Hunter was telling me for like week two was his number one. And I'm like, mm, that dude might not be. But then I wrote it. I was like, wow, that thing's crazy. You know what? Everybody has a different opinion. And that's why we all have different number ones. Mine is Fury. David's is still vengeance. So. I mean, we all have different opinions, which is why we're all unique, because, you know, we can't all love the same coaster. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, with you, Ryan, over 500 coasters, what's the one coaster that has scared you the most, Logan? Definitely Journey to Atlantis at SeaWorld when I was seven. Like the day before I wrote Barnstormer, of all things, and I was scared of that thing. And then I looked at Journey to Atlantis. I was like, hey, it's kind of like a water ride. This might be fun. Went down the first drop. That was pretty. I was like, okay, that, that scared me, but I, I'm, I'm still here. I, I can do it. And then the second part, the like coaster section section i don't know why that of all things with like the fake turns and the airtime hill and stuff that made me cry for a solid 10 minutes i don't know why i put myself on that thing i don't know why i didn't ride shamu express but but yeah that thing definitely traumatized me is that sea world of orlando yeah sea world orlando okay because i know that several sea worlds have journey to atlantis no oh yeah i, I should have emphasized that before because if i did journey to atlantis at, at san diego that would have been even worse 
So oh yeah, because that that one turns, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, and it has a way bigger draw. So I never been on the one in in Orlando. I is it similar to San Diego? Oh, right now I I think it is because I they did like a they did like a redesign of the whole ride at San Diego. So I'm pretty sure now it's similar to the one it is now because like you have an indoor section and then a drop. Although the second half of the San Diego one is way more intense than the one in Orlando because it's like way above the ground and stuff. So well, know. yeah, when I when I experienced San Diego after the drop, we're going through and then we go inside and then all of a sudden we're stopped and then all of a sudden we're going up this elevator. But the mm. boat felt like it was tilting sideways like this and this all the way up to the top before we got to the coaster park the elevator part kind of scared me because the way how the boat was rocked and i was like uh okay i i kind of get it but i guess when i go to orlando this year i'm uh, hoping to get a chance to experience journey atlantis there so yeah never yeah. mind that one doesn't have like an elevator or anything it just has like a really long like like first half where it just has like a few lift hills and then a few turns and then another lift hill. So yeah, those actually seem way different now that you explain it. Yeah, David, I've never ridden either. That's the, one of the other coasters I have not rode besides Mako at SeaWorld. So we'll have to definitely get on that one too. Yeah, definitely. So Logan, we're getting ready to get on Flying Ace. How are you feeling as you were approaching the station? I kind of felt like way more confident than I did before. Like when I rode those few coasters, I was like terrified. But I was like, you know what? I'm scared, but I feel like I can do it. I got in the seat. I was perfectly fine. I don't know why we were sitting in the station for like four minutes, which is pretty hard to do. But then we started going up the lift hill and I was like almost crying. I was like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. But as soon as we left that lift hill, I was like, perfectly fine i was like whoa it felt like we were flying i've never felt anything like this before we were like flying on top of buildings and stuff getting really close to the ground i was like whoa this is intense i love this thing but yeah when we were it was mainly on the lift till that i was mostly scared but then everything else was pretty much fine who got the opportunity to ride flying ace with you it was actually my sister natalie i don't remember if we like i don't remember if she was like trying to convince me to ride or anything or if i just straight up popped on it and she just went with me but yeah she was the one who got to ride with me and saw my reaction and stuff i bet that's fun getting a chance to ride some of those coasters with your bigger sister oh yeah it is pretty fun although she doesn't have a uh, king's island season pass or anything so i actually haven't ridden stuff with her in like a few years but now that i got some uh, free tickets for her we're probably gonna go during like con or something all right you and natalie rode flying ace getting off how did you feel i I was like so excited to run up to my dad and tell him how proud i was because like he was the one who was like okay you got this you can do it and i was like oh my gosh that that was so intense i can't believe i did that i felt like i could conquer the world at that moment i was so proud of myself that was probably the most proud of myself i've ever been in my life so did you go back and get in line again i don't remember if i wrote again or not I, I either rode again or went to Tide Eating Tree, which I took it down on so many times the year before. I have no idea why. It was just something about the like huge over the shoulder restraints that like made it seem like way scarier because usually the frog hoppers just have the small lap bar. So I just had a feeling it was like way more tense. But then I rode that thing and then I'm pretty sure we rode the log flume after that. And by the end of that day, I'm pretty sure I wrote like most of the stuff in Planet Snoopy. Yeah, back then it wouldn't have been Planet Snoopy. What if it was still the, wasn't it Paramount or no? Oh no, the, the Nickelodeon, it, it changed to Planet Snoopy in 2010 and I wrote it in 2014. Oh, so. oh okay. 
but so yeah, but still. How did riding Flying Ace Aerial Chase impact your life after riding it? Uh, it's hard to even put it into words. I mean, not only did that help me like overcome my fear of coasters, that was like the smallest part of the whole thing. It made me way more confident in school. Like, for example, my dad already talked about this on the podcast with you but i returned to school that year and i literally everything about me changed i was talking to people straight on i was looking in their eyes talking in a clear audible tone i was so much more talkative could read way better and my teachers went up to my dad and was like what happened and he said well logan wrote all the coasters at king's island they were just blown away and it also it also let me make so much more friends like i have so many friends now that have the same interests as me with roller coasters and going to theme parks and now that i have throws united, throws united as my second channel we like get to do all these thrilling adventures together and that makes me so happy more than anything yeah, and what's amazing about thrills united is a lot of your friends are ones that continue to be from coaster kids which is awesome that you guys have kept in touch that long oh yeah it blows me away like my friend uh zach Berger, we've been friends for like six years billy been friends for like four years i haven't really like quote unquote broken up with like any of them because we started off with coaster kids and we've just gone on so long it blows my mind really now with flying ace being your first coaster what has been your favorite coaster out of over 500 that you've wrote easily without a doubt in my mind fury 325 at carowinds it's like the perfect kind of coaster like like it's really intense but not to the point where it like hurts such as like voyage or carnage or those insane intense coasters it's so fast it's like one of the fastest coasters in the world the drop is incredible there's a lot of airtime moments and a lot of moments where it goes really low to the ground it's really just like it's like a perfect amount of everything i love it you prefer riding it during the day or at night at night for sure that thing front row at night is one of the best experiences for sure yeah i love how they have the whole track lit up and also the hive and the neon green lights that's always my favorite thing to do at night it, yeah in the tunnel that thing looks really cool as well so that surprises me that with as many coasters you rode your favorite ones in the united states because you've gone international uh, and yeah. ridden a ton of coasters overseas do you have a favorite one overseas that you like oh yeah it is expedition g-force at holiday park it's like one of the most famous coasters right now and it definitely lives up to the hype it's basically a way more intense version of millennium force basically what everyone wished millennium force was like the twisted drop is like way crazier than you expect because it's so much steeper all the airtime moments are so good the overbanks are pretty forceful and the finale is just back-to-back airtime moments. it's just fantastic yeah you're very lucky that you've had a chance to go overseas that's one thing that david and i have hoped to eventually do one day is conquer some of the parks across the big lake <laughs> i want to do a uh, europa park that's one of the my bucket list parks i want to go to yeah europa park is really good my like i think like the elite theme parks in europe they should go to are definitely port aventura europa park fantasia land and alton towers those are like the top the top dogs of europe yeah i've heard good things about port aventura as well i just need to go and you need to be like my guide over there since you, you and your family have been over there well you and your dad definitely oh yeah for sure although it was mainly my my dad who like did the planning and stuff because i was only 13 yeah he really knows like his way around through a lot of parks so logan i have to ask is what is the one country and particular park or coaster you really would be on your bucket list that you really want to do definitely fuji q highland in japan is one of them not because of the park the park doesn't even look that good but like the fact that it has fujiyama 
Ijinaika, Takabisha, and and Dodadampa all in the same park. That but it's almost like too good to be true. Like all these insane elite huge coasters. Like that looks insane. And also Tokyo Disney Sea is definitely on my bucket list. And Universal Studios Japan that looks amazing as well. Yeah, I have seen so many beautiful pictures of Tokyo Disney. Especially the Disney Seas out there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like the Disneyland there doesn't look that good, but I've heard amazing things about Disney Sea and the amazing dark rides and stuff. Like so many of them are like way ahead of their time, and I just really want to get on them. I think that's the one that's got the Pirates of the Caribbean that's supposed to be like one of the best. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure there was like a ton. There's like a ton of dark rides there, but I don't remember the names of looked at any videos of the park or anything. So I kind of wish I could just go into the park like almost blind to it so that way. I could just be blown away by everything. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I think there's one coaster that I know the three of us have not written, but I'm looking forward in Florida next year would be Tron for Disney. I think Tron might be a good experience for all three of us to experience. Yeah, Tron looks very good as well. I'm I'm a pretty big fan of those like motorbike coasters. Like if I love Hagrid's, then I feel like I'm gonna love Tron way more. Yeah, I have not ridden Hagrid's yet. When we go to the park, I'll get a chance to. I have ridden a motor coaster before. I rode the one at Darien, uh, Six Flags Darien Lake. And that was a fun little coaster. Mm, that one was close when I went. I wish I could have gone on that. Yeah, I feel like if I was like a bigger fan of like Harry Potter, then I would have loved Hagrid's way more. But but I love the feeling of being on the motorbike, flying around and stuff. So I feel like John will be amazing. I would say the only motorbike I've written is... Uh... Pony Express at Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, yeah, I think I've written. I don't think I've written any other motorbike out in the parks. There's not that many. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to ride all those type of coasters, then that's good to have on your on your credits. Isn't um, Wave Runner at uh, SeaWorld San Antonio a motorbike too? Oh yeah, I forgot about that one, but I have. Yeah, yeah. I so two for me. <laughs> <laughs> one for me that's gonna change like, next month david when i get to do pony express pony that's probably the most painful one of them oh don't tell me that <laughs> sorry logan's gonna tell me all these painful coasters and i'm like i don't want to ride it now david <laughs> uh, i think if you ride in the front row you'll be fine okay <laughs> probably <laughs> I mean, well, I haven't well, run it since like 2016, so maybe I remember it being really bad. Maybe they've refurbished it or done some TLC too. Uh, I, I I wrote it. I wrote it about a month ago. Um, I didn't feel it was rough. Maybe if you're in the very back, you'll feel the intensity of the launch and the whip ends of the turns. I don't know. I think they might have smoothed it out a little bit because it doesn't feel as rattly like how a BNM rattles. I feel like it was mostly just the vehicles because like that one's way older than all the other motorbike coasters we're talking about. So I feel like it was mostly just like the fact that it was uncomfortable of all things. Wasn't that Probably. the first motorbike coaster? Probably. It felt like it. Was- so. <laughs> I know at Knott's usually is kind of one of those experimental parks that gets the, the coasters the first. Well, they have a few historical coasters. Montezuma's Revenge is one of the last of that type of coaster that's at Knott's Berry Farm. And Ace just made that a historical landmark coaster as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Knott's is, they don't get something new, like a new ride every year. They, I think they're like every four or five years, they get something new. I mean, Hangtime opened in 2018. So that's the newest coaster they've got. So I'm mm-hmm. really curious to see, because they're celebrating their 100th anniversary, but they're really doing a lot of amazing things, especially Not Scary Farm this year is going to be a lot of fun. I'm curious to see, 
there's been talk of them about expanding Ghost Town in that area with a new, bigger ride to it. I'm excited to see what they're going to do because they're already doing some planning. And they're landlocked, so it's really hard for them to even make room. But I think the biggest mystery is where is Wicked Twister going to be going from Cedar Point? (laughs) I think that thing's going to get scrapped. I don't Really? really think so? I mean, I just can't think of any other park that would want that because, because like, like it's already been open for almost twenty years. I feel like it wouldn't be open that much longer. That's true. Like the same thing happened with volcanoes. So I don't know. I feel like that one might be completely biting the dust. I don't know. I've heard Michigan's Adventure with it. I've heard California Great America. I I even wouldn't be surprised if Worlds of Fun got because they haven't had a new coaster since Prowler. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, I haven't. I don't really pay attention to any like updates or rumors or anything unless it's like a announced new coaster or coaster getting removed but like rumors i kind of stay away from that stuff i just got thinking about the parks that don't have an impulse coaster like that or similar because if you think dorney has voodoo was it valley fair has one very similar to it and then knots has i i feel like montezuma's revenge is kind of similar to wicked twisters just a little bit yeah, sort of. Just a little Sort of, just it has the loop in the middle. I don't know, but uh, it, only time will tell. I mean, I usually, like, I agree with Logan. I don't really follow the rumors or all the stuff. You'd be amazed what you hear in the community on stuff. I wait for to see what the parks do. Like, like Green Lantern at Magic Mountain moved to Laron. I was like, good riddance, that coaster. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we're, we're getting an RMC Raptor. And they've, I've already saw the the track in the parking lot. And I was like, oh, I'll be at Magic Mountain every weekend for the Ramsey Raptor. But I'm just glad to see where during the times we've gone through this past year that parks are still adding coasters. Business has been great. It looks like Kings Island has been very busy for you guys this season. And I'm very happy to see that. Yeah, we've also like hit capacity like a couple times this summer which like blows me away especially because like it it is cool to see though because like the park is finally like operating at full capacity and boom it's already filled so yeah that's just awesome to see yeah you guys were pretty busy when i was there on saturday i had to wait almost two hours for time and back i remember one day when i was at drop tower like someone asked me for the wait. i look at the queue house the thing is completely full i've never seen a full queue house for drop tower in my life which is like two and a half hours which is like i would not wait more than 20 minutes for a freaking drop tower yeah it surprises me how rides like that get more of a, a wait time than some of the other ones like banshee it seems like you could have a two hour wait or you could have a 20 minute wait on banshee which is newer obviously in the drop tower i've never seen a line longer than like 45 minutes for that thing just because the line moves so fast yeah and the capacity on it's like a beast because of how yeah, many exactly. trains and like these the like restraints are like so easy to check as well so you can just blast through those trains no problem now you've had a chance to work at drop tower i know you've worked the bat you've worked beast how many other rides have you had a chance to work at it's like seven other ones i know i've worked at delirium Adventure Express, Banshee, Backlot, Diamondback, Orion, and you mentioned Beast. I don't know if I got all of them, but like it's about 10 coasters, 10 rides in total. What's your favorite one to work at? Uh, Either Orion or Diamondback. Because like Diamondback is like way more chill and also the restraints are like way easier to check because you can just like go to the side of the seat and just check the seatbelt like that. And since the ride has bins, you don't have to yell at people every 20 seconds to put their bags in a locker. That gets kind of annoying at Orion. The fact that Orion is like 
so fast paced and all it almost feels like surreal that you're like working at it because it's like whoa this is like the biggest ride in the park i don't know it's just so cool probably diving back honestly ops on diamondback and orion are just stellar how quick you guys get them in and out of that station although i feel like banshee is like the fastest have like the fastest ops in the park and i've been there like once but i've only been like assigning people's rows and telling people to put bags in a locker. I haven't like actually operated it yet. And that's one of the ones I want to get to. All right. So going back to your favorite coaster being Fury, what's your least favorite? This is an oddly specific one, but steeplechase at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. It's like this single rail coaster where you ride on this like metal horse and how like the seats work is you're sitting on this like saddle and you have these like metal bars like right next to your hips. So every time you go around a turn your hips like slam into the slam into the bars and every time you go up or down a hill your body either jerks forward or backward it's just so painful like become slcs look they're not even that bad a lot of them are actually good it's just steeplechase that is just plain awful and of course i had to ride that coaster three times because you know three coasters you gotta get the credits so it was even worse yeah that sounds painful just being having that jarring against the metal i don't even know how you can like i don't even know how you can like make the turn so bad that your whole body jerks like maybe you're not making it like hard lined or something i don't know it just confuses me how bad it is i feel like i would need a chiropractor just hearing how you describe that logan <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. i've been on some painful coasters man but i know that what you just said there man i could just feel my hips freaking from that Mm -hmm. i'm like oh oh man i remember your dad brought up pegasus at mount olympus and i saw a video of that i have not written that yet but i saw a video and i was like oh my god how are you not wearing a neck brace at the end of that ride man it's not really that painful it's just it's almost like so bad that it's good because of how hard you slam to the side especially it's especially funny to like see people ride it for the first time like i remember i rode it with bob from bk photo page and chris from maritime thrills for the first time and they were like oh no oh no and it just went so it was just hilarious yeah i got a chance to ride it for the my first time memorial day weekend last year It, it was a pretty decent ride up until right until you get to the station and then you get that yep <laughs> my least favorite ride definitely there my favorite was zeus i love zeus at mount olympus i remember i loved zeus a lot the first time i wrote it but then last time i wrote it i, I was just kind of like it's kind of just an average wooden coaster now like the airtime is very good although did you oh wait you said your favorite was zeus never mind never mind but yeah i love that one as well i like cyclops as well but i feel like that ride's only good in the back row yeah and hades 360 was a little too rough for me i feel like that was like right on the edge of like tolerable for me like it, it was like rough but it was still at the point where it's like i love this ride it's in my like top all right logan i'm gonna ask you this one special question i love what you guys are doing with Thrills United, you're kind of pushing, helping people push their fears. Your friend Taylor Bybee, who I got to meet recently, is on been on the show. Inspired me to do something that I believe your dad said it's something you're it's on your bucket list to do that I got to experience for the first time this year for my 40th birthday. I went and did the sky jump in Las Vegas off the stratosphere. So I know that. Your dad had mentioned that is on your bucket list of of a major thrill to do. But what is the ultimate thrill you plan that you want to do in Thrills United that's on your bucket list? Uh, Right now, uh, skydiving just seems like at the top of my bucket list. And I know it's like everyone's dream to like do it so much that they can do it by themselves, which is probably not going to happen. But that would be something very awesome to do. And I'm going to have to ask you because I've seen your videos 
Now, you did bungee jumping. What was that like? I've never done bungee jumping. I'm trying to see how it's compared to the sky jump. I know there's you don't get the shoot back up. <laughs> the shooting back up part is, well, I'll, I'll start it off. Standing over the edge is obviously the worst part because like 240 feet above water. I don't know why, but I feel like that would be even scarier than doing it like over rocks or something. And like I did it twice, one forward jump and one back jump. I feel like the forward jump was so much scarier because you just saw the water like rushing up to you like, oh God, oh God, oh God. But then when they like sprung up and like right at the top of that, I like got this, it's, it's kind of like the stomach dropping feeling you get on a roller coaster like the weightless feeling was one of the coolest things in the world. And then, and then, yeah, I sat there for like 10 minutes, the blood like rushing in my head. That was probably the worst part, but yeah, it was actually not as scary as I expected it to be. I don't know why it's just, it's almost like one of those moments where you just kind of like do it without even thinking it. Like my brain just like didn't get to my head, which happens sometimes when doing those like terrifying things. I think I do. I think it's like when I did the sky jump in Las Vegas, because it's the, the one thing about bungee jumping, Sky jump is you're in control. You have to make that decision to jump. And mm-hmm. I'm happy to say when the lady told me to jump, I jumped right away. A lot of people freeze up. So I think that's oh, the yeah. biggest challenge. The biggest challenge of fear is to make that jump. Because once you sit on a roller coaster, you you give up control once that lap bar is down because you're in the hands of the coaster. But when it comes to these type of events, it's up to you to make mm-hmm. when you're going to do it. And so the fact that you did it twice in two different ways of bungee jumping that's tremendous. That's that's just, that's a whole different level of facing fear. Exactly. I have to commend you for that. You did a great job. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Logan, now the one thing in the community, you and I share something that a lot of people in the community don't have is you have autism, I have Tourette syndrome. Mm-hmm. Autism and Tourette syndrome come hand in hand. And I've had a lot of challenges just like you have when we were kids, when we were small. The one thing I guess why I'm so proud to help support your movements is that the one thing you and I have in common is and I want to share this deeply with our listeners who are listening right now, is that roller coasters had really made an impact and changed your life. I've watched you as a kid through YouTube grow up, and you have really transformed into this incredible young man. And you look like like you don't even have autism. You look like a normal, normal ch- kid. Just like roller coasters has changed me by Tourette's. I used to twitch all the time. But when I started riding roller coasters, you don't see that much anymore. And my doctor was amazed by that. Just like what you said about your, your teachers at school. I remember your dad was sharing that story. So I want to dig in a little bit. I want you to share with me because you and I both being in this same club and there's a lot of people out there i know you've met i've met quite a few i would say after what coasters have done for us both how do you feel like outside of theme parks and stuff as a regular person how does that really impact your life and made and made a change i feel like it's kind of like half about the like roller coasters that's kind of helped me i feel like it's mostly the friends who have like encouraged me to like keep going and do all these crazy stuff like if i didn't have natalie by my side on flying ace i feel like i don't know i might have hated it or i might have just thought it was eh. but being able to share these 
amazing experiences with all these friends definitely helps a lot. Like during my first few uh, Coaster Kids days, that was kind of like a big breakthrough because I haven't met like that many people in one day before. And I feel like that kind of helped uh, with my breakthrough as well. So I feel like having my friends by my side while riding the roller coasters, that like kind of like completed the whole thing. Nice. Yes, I, I have to agree with you on that. Since I got involved in the coaster community, meeting so many wonderful friends, including yours, you and your dad, I've made, I have friends. So I feel like every time I travel around the country, I know that wherever I go, I've got friends there to meet me at the park. And, and here at home, I have friends, but not as many as like you guys out in the country. I want to thank you all for that. So Logan, where do you see the future of Thrills United? What big plans do you see that maybe you can might be able to share with our listeners that they may see coming up down the road? I feel like within the next uh, year or so, it's going to like grow way more than it did in like 2020 because like obviously COVID lots of canceled trips and stuff like we had this amazing idea for like a west coast trip it was in like california and then idaho or something like that we would like hit up some of the california parks so, like magic mountain not very far maybe uh california's great america and stuff like that but then we head up north to either idaho or oregon actually yeah it was oregon and we would do like whitewater rafting maybe bungee jumping again and we were thinking about inviting like some of our west coast friends and stuff like paul and maddie and all those guys and i feel like we might be able to make that trip happen within the next either the next year year after that especially since everything's opening back up my dad's speaking stuff is finally getting back on track he just got back from like a five state trip with all these events and stuff so i feel like the channel will be able to grow a lot more now that we can finally make this amazing content that we originally planned in 2020 nice and you know what i've never done white water rafting that would be really cool to experience oh gosh up in oregon i know they've got some good water trails man they're pretty rough rough trails that would be fun to ride oh yeah absolutely i feel like we were also thinking i I don't really remember the name of this it's like this terrifying trail it's called like angel's landing or something like that and it's like a terrifying like tourist attraction that that was one of the things we wanted to go to as well yeah white water rafting seems like something like insanely like intense and i feel like i would love it now logan with you riding over 500 coasters what would be the one coaster you would marathon i feel like you would definitely be either Terran at fantasia lane or cheetah hunt at at bush gardens tampa i feel like fury would be a co- good coaster in marathon as well but i feel like it's like so fast that it would almost be like too much if it got too many rides but it's literally like Terran and uh, cheetah hunt are like the perfect amount of intensity it's like one of the most fun coasters I've ever been on. It's like the perfect speed. Cheetah Hunt only has one inversion. Terran has intense transitions to where it would like catch me off guard, but it wouldn't be like painful after more rides. And plus the setting of both those rides is just absolutely beautiful. And I feel like I would never get tired of it. So yeah, Terran and Cheetah Hunt, I would love to marathon those. Yeah, I'm looking forward to riding Cheetah Hunt for my first time and David's too when we go to Bush Gardens Tampa. And I do agree. Fury is very intense. I actually had the privilege of writing it seven times in a row and by the time i got done with that seven times i was like okay i'm good yeah that was kind of the same for me at the orion photo shoot i did it like 10 times in a row and i got to the point like you usually gray out a little bit on the helix but especially since i didn't eat breakfast before that i got like pretty close to actually blacking out and i was like yo 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 i gotta get off so yeah those big bnms probably wouldn't be the best marathon i will say uh as for taryn i need to get on i need to get out there and ride that coaster i 
I've heard way too many people who have experienced Taryn and they've told me and and I know that there's people out there trying to compare Taryn because I guess Velocicoaster and Taryn are the same type of relative type of coaster. People still prefer Taryn. I don't know. I got mixed. I got people saying they love Velocicoaster better than Taryn and then I got other half to say this likewise the other way. I guess I'll have to make that decision once I write them both in the future. I kind of feel like Velocicoaster is like the more intense version of Taryn, but Taryn is like the more fun version of Velocicoaster. So they kind of go like hand in hand almost. Good to know. Thank you for that side note, Logan, because when I do write Taryn someday, I want to keep that in my mind. Fun side versus the tense side. Yeah, exactly. Now, Logan, the one thing that is awesome about you loving theme parks is the chance to work at a theme park this year at Kings Island. So can you tell our listeners about yourself and your experience working in the theme park industry? Well, when you say theme park industry, I'm like kind of low, but yeah, I am a ride operator there. I've had the chance to get trained at like 10 different rides. And I feel like having a general knowledge about coasters beforehand definitely helps. That's how I was able to pass the like four hour course before the job, like way easier. So like a lot of the stuff, like checking restraints, pushing dispatch and stuff, you like already understood that process, like before you work there. So like you can basically fly through it really fast. And it's also kind of cool to like look at how the coaster runs like during different points throughout the day. Sometimes you can see the coaster close for like reasons that like you wouldn't even understand like as a guest beforehand. I feel like a really good part about it is I've like kind of like grown to appreciate the park a lot more like being able to see like all the other workers at all the other rides do like things similar things differently and I feel like I can relate to those people a lot more so I've become like really good friends with almost all the workers in rides at Kings Island so I feel like working as a ride operator as I'm already a coaster enthusiast it definitely helped the experience a lot more. Now you shared with us previously during this podcast that your favorite rides to operate are Diamondback and Orion. Mm -hmm. What would be your favorite ride to operate at another theme park? The B&Ms are pretty fun to operate because it's like a little more fast paced than a lot of the other ones. Would not to do, I would not want to do any flat rides at other parks. Flat rides are not fun to operate. Trying to think of any other coasters, maybe like one of the, maybe one of the roller coasters that have like the moving like I, i'm trying to think like of the moving like one, platform uh, yeah yeah the moving platform so like the trains like always moving so you can just blast through those trains really fast i feel like that would be so kind of like wonder woman over at fiesta texas in yeah, jersey like, devil and haggards and hollywood by rocket like one of those rides yeah i i love the the swiftness of how to quick those rides definitely load it makes the wait times a lot quicker yeah exactly now logan the one amazing thing about your family is they've been with you in your journey with thrills united with coaster kids can you share with us something that makes your family unique when it comes to being enthusiasts? Uh, the fact that they travel like a lot more than the average family, I feel like that's another part that makes it unique. The fact that like most of the people in our family have probably ridden like over a hundred coasters, like no other family would probably say that. And just the fact that they're so willing to literally go to like a different continent just because their son said, oh, water rides and roller coasters. I, I just really appreciate the fact that they're so willing to do things like that. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I would love viewing your dad's Facebook page and seeing your mom on coasters because your mom I don't see her out as much obviously as you and your dad mm -hmm. and it was a cool how I saw your mom on Mako I thought that was the neatest thing yeah exactly I, I love seeing her reactions on like new coasters and stuff because she like always loves all of them. 
all of them is just amazing to see. Yeah. And your sister, I've met your sister, Natalie, when we did the Hello Scream event at Kentucky Kingdom. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. She doesn't go to really many parks at all. So you're honestly kind of lucky if you can meet her. Yeah. Your whole family, you, your dad, your sister, who I've met, you know, have met, they're both extremely, you guys are wonderful people. You're so lucky to have a family that's supportive of you and your quest to be positive in the coaster community. Yeah, that makes me insanely happy as well. I'm very grateful for that. All right, Logan. So first of all, I want to thank you so much. It's a great honor to have you and your dad have both been on our podcast for our first season. And I have to tell you, we have had an incredible season with special guests like yourself and your dad. Our final question for you because this one's a very heartfelt one for me. The mission of Coaster Challenge is pretty similar to the mission of Coaster Kids and Thrills United. The mission of our podcast is to help those out there, to help them push their, help them break their fears, but help them push their fears a little bit. But also it's because people who help break their fears are able to live a more better and happier life, kind of like what we've all experienced in our lives from doing what we do. There are a lot of people out there, and I have to say the past year, the pandemic really showed how much fear is in our country today. Absolutely. There's a lot of people out there that are looking for help, kind of like how you and I were when we were young. What advice could you give to those that are listening right now that were like you when you were younger or like me when I was younger that are looking to make a change for the better? And what advice could you give them to be able to make that change? Absolutely. First thing that comes to my mind, find a mentor. It can be someone in your family. It could be someone you met online, maybe your sister. Like my dad, I feel like was, I feel like was like the biggest mentor in my life. Like he's the one who like helped me go on all these trips. He's the one who like gave me advice, like before big events, like during my, like right before my first Coaster Kids Day, he like talked to me late at night and he was like, Hey, if, if no one shows up, please don't be sad. I'll be right there. And I just, the fact that he's so supportive of like coaster kids and throws united and stuff like when i said i wanted to like when i said i didn't like the name and wanted to make a change he was completely on board right away so like i feel like 100 percent. if there's a challenge in your life and you can't do it you can't do it yourself seek a mentor it'll change your life well said very well said in fact i think you're the first on our season that has said mentor the one thing i will tell you your dad had a good advice every guest we've had on even taylor uh we've had park officials you name it everybody has had a unique way of advice and i love the diversity that we're able to give our listeners is that there are so many different ways to face your fears and what you just said is remarkable yes mentor your dad has always been a great mentor. In fact, if your dad is in the background listening, he's a good inspiration for what he does in his profession. He helps a lot of people in this country. And I have to say, both of you have made an impact and we're honored to have you guys in our first season of our podcast. Thanks a lot for those words. I don't know if he's in the other room or not, but I, I feel like if he, he's definitely going to listen to this episode later, I keep really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Well, you both have been an inspiration and we both, you know, we consider to the Coaster Challenge team, we consider the Coaster Kids, Throws United team, we consider you guys family, deep, close friends, and we're here to help. And that's why we're very honored to honor you guys with this Thrills United month. Logan, I want to thank you again so much for being with us today. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you for putting me on here. And for those who don't know where to find Coaster Kids and Thrills United on social media, where can they find you? So you can find Coaster Kids on all the major platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Thrills United, all the same platforms, including Snapchat, which we barely use, but 
it exists. And if you're interested in my dad at all, you can find him, Jeff Joyner, on Instagram and Facebook. He has a brand new YouTube channel on Epic Life on YouTube, which is, it started out as kind of like motivational, like giving advice and stuff, but it's, he just recently made a vlog in like Idaho and like the five states he's been. And you can also find him on Coaster Dad on Instagram. So yeah, Throws the Island Coaster Kids on all the major platforms. All right. And I definitely encourage our listeners to purchase Coaster Kids and Thrills United merchandise too for the great cause. Yep. You can find that at coasterkids.org and thrillsunited.com. I just want to say, Logan, great honor. And it's awesome to have you on. Oh, no problem at all. It's an honor for me to be on here as well. Sorry. I I could have given better answers just being put on the spot like that. Sometimes I still struggle with that, especially since I haven't made videos in a while, but still it's a great honor to be on oh no your answer was perfect logan to be honest with you yeah yeah i mean you were right on so thank you iva thank you logan logan i gotta tell you that's such an incredible story and i really appreciate you taking the time to really sit with me and iva today and really talk about more about how thrills united has become it's really amazing what you you and your friends have been doing uh you and your dad have done an amazing job especially with coaster kids you're really making an impact especially in the coaster community abroad so i just want to take the opportunity to thank you and i also want to say i want to thank you and all your reps for everything you guys have done on behalf of the entire podcast team here very honored to be able to help celebrate your organization and to give our listeners awareness of what you guys have been trying to do yes it's such a powerful movement that we at coaster challenger are very fortunate to support this great movement and will continue to do so in the future as well so thank you again logan and the thrills united team so much yes and thank you guys and thank you all that have been listening to our podcast we're really kicking off the new year here in 2022 and got more incredible guests our season is going all the way till end of march so we've got some very very special guests coming up we're just getting started here i hope you guys will join us next week every friday we have new episodes that come out uh justin how can they find us on social media if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and if you want to see more from us we upload every friday and check us out on facebook instagram twitter youtube all at coaster challenge links in the description thank you justin yes guys make sure to hit that subscribe button make sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast network about our podcast if you have any questions you can also visit our website at coasterchallengeusa.com we just want to thank you guys so much we've got a very exciting episode next week iva yes we do david so stay tuned next friday for another awesome episode from the coaster challenge podcast team yes and thank you guys well until then this is david Cantu. this is iva shifley and we'll see you all next week right here at Coaster Challenge.